welcome to the Swim Swam podcast. I'm your host, I'm your host Coleman Hodges. Uh, I'm here with uh, Calypso McDonald. Calypso, how are you doing today? I'm good, thanks. Um, thank you for having me. Uh, yeah, I've been really worried about uh, how swimming and everything is going to pan out with COVID and the Olympics coming up next year. But over here in Australia, we've started kind of getting back into the swing of things. So exciting times. Yeah, I know uh, we've, you know, in the US and Australia both, we've seen kind of pools slowly, <laughs> figuratively dipping their toes back in, kind of reopening um, at, a, at a pretty slow rate. What's what's your current situation with with swimming, training, outside dry land training? Right, so Swimming Australia has just reopened key pools in each state uh, so that we can at least some of the long list swimmers can start to get back in the water and kind of get back into the swimming shape that you need. Obviously, we've been doing lots of dry land, but that kind of compare the kind of cardio and aerobic work you get in the pool. Uh, other pools are allowed to open, but obviously that is the discretion of the owners of the pool. So the pool I swim at is a school pool and they're prioritizing getting their students back into the pool and swimming first before they reopen to the club team. Uh, but we're looking forward to having that open soon because it's going really well over here in Australia. Yeah, nice. Uh, so how has your, you know, you had to go back to Australia at, at some point. What, what has your, um, kind of since March, I guess, what has your quarantine period looked like? Right, so yeah, so at first, um, obviously we were going to be heading to NCs and I think about five days out, we heard the news. Uh, all our flights got canceled. And about two days later, I was on a flight to San Francisco with my teammate, Mallory. Uh, and so we, I stayed there for about two or three weeks. And we just went hiking. Everything was closed. We hiked around San Francisco, which was awesome. Got a lot of exercise in. Our team was just starting to introduce some Zoom workouts and get back into the swing of things. And then I felt really bad staying with her, I don't want to pose. So I decided to go back to Evanston where I have an apartment. And then I got there, it was super empty. I was like, wow, I don't want to be in this freezing cold city all by myself. <laughs> so I made the decision to come back to Australia. And, and the only issue was I had to spend two weeks in a hotel quarantine, which was, it really dragged. It was quite, it was quite boring. So all I did, day and night was wake up really early to kind of get on that Chicago time schedule to do my classes and study and then I'd wake up and do workouts with my Australian swim team over zoom so we had cardio workouts ab workouts like glute workouts which was really good at kind of keeping me distracted from the fact that I was locked in a, a four-walled room <laughs> with nowhere nowhere else to go uh, the food was really good surprisingly because I've heard some bad things before coming but we got bento boxes and Aussie meat pies which is very exciting it's been a long while but yeah it was it wasn't a bad experience it now I'm just back at home with my family you know looking forward to being able to train again sure and so uh since since being home um you know every swimmer has kind of approached this differently some running some biking some you know combination what has your training outside of the pool looked like right yes yeah. so every day we have zoom workouts in the morning and the evening in the morning we either have one or two and it'll be cardio and some form of 
Uh, so it'll be like kind of cardio, like exercise body weight cardio. And then we'll either have running or abs or some form of that. And in the afternoon, so we usually have a bike. Um, I don't have a bike, so I've been going for runs. Or we have some other kind of cardio. And then in the middle of the days right now, we're able to get to the pool and swim. Um, but I also really like hiking. So I've been going on a lot of hikes. And I've also decided to pick up longboarding. So I've been practicing my downhill longboarding. But yeah, how to get some protective equipment because I kept on falling off. But <laughs> it's very exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so speaking of hikes, let's go back to San Francisco for a bit. Have you had you ever been there before? Uh, yes. Yeah, so last year through Northwestern, we have a um, kind of academic program called IMAP, which is sponsored by David Cabilla. Um, and so I kind of got the opportunity to spend a couple of days with a small startup in San Francisco and kind of see what it was like and get a kind of internship experience. You obviously find it hard to get when you're swimming every summer. So that was really cool, but I hadn't been able to see the sites or go hiking during that period of time. So yeah, I was, yeah, I was really excited to get this kind of a good thing out of the whole pandemic. Yeah, definitely. What, give me, give me your highlights on, uh, on that two weeks, two, three weeks in San Francisco. Right. Okay. Well, obviously there's a boba because there's like a really good kind of like, yeah, my friend's part Korean. And so she knew all the best places to go. And so we got the boba there and it was incredible. And so it's coming back here. I've tried some and it's really, really bad. Don't go to Australia for international cuisine. It's not the best. Um, and then we also went on a hike to Mere Woods. Um, so it was actually closed, but we ended up hiking from somewhere else we're doing this um dipsy trail which is a kind of run it's like 40 kilometers we obviously only did a part of it but that people do every year and they go from like the dip to the sea so like this cafe by the sea and so we're on that and somehow we ended up in mere woods but it was like a back entrance so it wasn't closed and so i get to say i visited a national park even though um obviously they're all closed to that point in time um yeah and then my second highlight would also be I got to drive part of Highway 1. We went up to Bodega Bay as her, yeah, her brother's friend had a place up there. We got to stay up there for a little. And so Highway 1 was incredible. Yeah. So I'm really looking forward to being able to do more of that um, when I get back to America. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> In the last week, I've gotten really into Harry Styles. I don't know if you're a fan. It's been a while. <laughs> but his the the first song on his new album he describes as like the perfect PCH song, which is the Pacific Coastal Highway, which is Highway One. Um, but uh, but yeah, that's such a pretty drive. Um, that's yeah, really incredible. That's really cool. Um, yeah. So so you spent two weeks in a, in a hotel room um, after that were you able to leave at all or did you have to like strictly get room service? Could you go to the grocery store? Could you go, you know, on a walk? Uh, so we couldn't leave the hotel at all. We were allowed 15 to 20 minutes outside each day accompanied by police in this courtyard. So I got some running in then and I got to do some outdoor ex exercise. Uh, but yeah, apart from that, no, it was very strict, um, which, it sucks, but I think Australia's doing a really good job of managing it. So I, I think it's necessary. Sure. Um, do you think, I, I would agree with that, you know, that that's 
that seems like a necessary precaution, especially in conditions like this. Um, do you think that was uh, taxing on you mentally at all? Yeah, a little. It was rough not being able to talk to anyone or see like old people that I knew were kind of out here in Australia that I hadn't seen in three years, kind of waiting to hang out with them. Um, but I think having school during that period of time, because we just started, was really helpful and definitely kind of helped focus my mind. Also, my coach over here, Lushy, uh, letting me hop in on the Zoom workouts for his club team was really helpful. As Otherwise, obviously, it's a bit hard to work out by yourself, especially when you trapped in a room and have to stare at four walls every day yeah yeah absolutely um so once you did get out of that two-week quarantine period who like what who were the some of the people that you were really excited to see and got to see right yeah so firstly I think it was my teammate um we were, we've been on a team we've been on Australian teams together and also we've trained together for about five years I think at least uh, so Minna Atherton um, yeah, so I, I would go over to her house and we'd do some workouts together. And we also recently got on a Swimming Australia long list call where we all made brownies over Zoom. Uh, and so that was really exciting. Nice. Yeah, yeah. So we just, we had like, it had been a while since I'd seen her. I've seen her obviously at trials last year. Um, but it's nice to be able to be back in the same city and to hang out with someone like who's just focused and um, excited about swimming in the next couple of years as I am. Yeah. Do you, what did you guys do anything notable in the workouts I saw on social media you had a a pretty cute, funny pool set up oh yeah so um yeah Mina has a pool on top of her apartment in the city and so we were there it was freezing cold that was the first time I got in the pool in six weeks because I hadn't had access to one because obviously all the outdoor pools in Chicago are freezing and none of them I don't think there are I don't think there are any out before to be honest um yeah so that was the first time I got in and we were on the tether so we were doing like I mean I had invited me over as she'd made her up her own workout which is pretty exciting um which just kind of consists of like plyometrics body weight and some weighted exercises with the med balls um and also getting in the pool which was freezing cold and we both <laughs> kind of dreaded she made me get in first but <laughs> yeah it was a lot of fun um yeah good way to get back into it um so Minna in the last year I think broke a world record uh at ISL right. did did you guys kind of compare experiences from the ISL to college swimming um because you know in a lot of ways that they're, they're pretty similar Right. So I don't know. If, so I did ask her about it. And like, from what I'd heard with other people, like I think we had, um, so another girl from the team that her, I mean, this ISL team trained with us at some point at, uh, Northwestern. I forget who it was at the moment. Um, but yeah, so obviously it's something that kind of just stands out. Like I didn't need to talk to her about it. You can kind of see the similarities and the fact that like their teams, they travel, they compete you know, like the people who do the best get to go to a one final kind of championship. Um, and she, she told me she'd enjoyed ISL like a lot and it was an awesome experience. And I was like, oh, I should have gone to college. But yeah, no, I always, yeah, I'm a big proponent for college swimming. Um, obviously it's not right for everyone, but I think that in a country like Australia where it's really hard to kind of get opportunities if you're not in the top 
three consistently once you're over 18. Um, it's an awesome experience and it really encourages people to stay in the sport, which is something, um, a, a kind of engagement that we might lack a bit in Australia. Yeah. Did, did you ever try to convince her to swim in college? No, she was having such a good time in Australia and like making the teams that obviously like if you're going to be up there and you're going to be on these teams with um, other Australians, like your teammates, you have those really close bonds. And I think that can be somewhat akin to being at college, though obviously it, it sometimes it can lack the academic support and um, everything else you get with going to the U.S. Yeah. Uh, so speaking of college, um, it was just announced today that Jeremy Kipp is, uh, heading to USC to be their head coach. Um, I know you told me you, you did hear the news before this. Uh, do you think that will affect your plan moving forward at all? Um, I don't think so, but obviously everything up is up in the air with Corona at the moment. So it's kind of hard to tell what the next NCAA season will be like, um, and what my preparation going into Olympics next year will also be like. Obviously, as soon as we heard as a team that Kip was being contacted by USC, it's obviously like one of his dream jobs. So there's no hard feelings. We're really excited to kind of see what our um, athletic director, Dr. Phillips, will be looking for in a new coach because he did an amazing job last time with Kip. And he's like an athletic director, which really makes Northwestern amazing. Like, it's, it's kind of strange that someone who's so far like above you can make such a difference. But whenever he like talks to us, he really makes us feel like he cares. And he really listened to us for like I think three hours last time when we were talking about what we wanted from a coach and he ended up with Kip. So yeah. So I think our whole team's really excited to kind of see what happens next and really happy that Kip um, kind of gets to f fulfill his dream because you know, when something comes up, you have to take it. You don't want to kind of live with regrets. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that's so heartwarming for me to hear because I think, uh, you know, being, being uh, you know, obviously he coached at USC before and that seemed like a dream job for him. Um, but I think the swimming community was also sad because they were so excited that, that Northwestern was kind of on the rise with, with Jeremy and seemingly doing well. And um, it's, it's very cool to hear that you have an athletic director who, you know, you're confident will, um, will, will, will bring, will try to bring you guys, um, someone who, who's just as good and passionate and can, and can do, do well for, for that Northwestern team. Yeah. Um, that's, that's super cool. <clears throat> so, uh, speaking of, of, of plans moving forward, do you, do you even have a set plan for the next month, the next week? So obviously, yeah, for the next month and the next week, yes, I'm going to be over here in Australia with my home coach, David Lush and Minna. And I think we also have Maddie Groves now as well. And so we're going to be, yeah, we're going to be training um, and working towards getting back into shape in a safe way that obviously doesn't harm our bodies. Because I think I've been on pool for about two months. And I think that's more um, time in the last eight years combined, which is pretty crazy when you think about it. So yeah, we've just been really focusing on, you know, the shoulder health, obviously, is that's a really big concern in swimmers and just making sure we get back into the pool in a safe way. So that's my plan for the next month. And then 
going forward, it's kind of hard to define what my plan is for the next school year or the next quarter, um, especially as Australia currently has an indefinite ban on overseas travel. So I'm hoping that I would be able to go back to, a, to America as I have to move out of my apartment, into my new apartment in Evanston. Um, and that's obviously going to be hard to do if I can't leave the country. Uh, so yeah, I'm just kind of watching the news, seeing what unfolds and hoping everyone over here behaves so that uh, we get those restrictions eased a little bit more. <laughs> Behave everyone. Yeah. Come on. Um, yeah, we, um, I heard something funny on the on the news the other day in Australia because everyone's, yeah, everyone quite takes like, yeah, they make such jokes on the news and they were telling, uh, it was a New South Wales radio station. So I'm in Queensland. It was a New South Wales radio station. And they were like, oh, over the weekend we heard news that like Queenslanders were on Mount Nebo um, and they had to like issue like 300 fines. Northwest, um, <laughs> New South Wales is better. Don't do that. Don't be like those Queenslanders. <laughs> So yeah, it's bit, the new people are having a great time um, <laughs> taking it out of us, but it's been good. Uh, that interesting side point. Uh, I've heard Queensland is the place to be in Australia. Would, would yes, one hundred percent. Yes. <laughs> what, yeah. what, what um, makes it so yeah. great? Well, I think when people think of Australia, they firstly think of Sydney, just mm -hmm. because you know it's where everyone does the sightseeing, everything, but Sydney is massive and the traffic's terrible and it's all very touristy. Like in Queensland, obviously you can't at the moment, but if everyone um, kind of you know, protects it, we have the Great Barrier Reef. We also have um, islands off the coast, such as like Stradbroke and Fraser Island, which are beautiful. Far North Queensland has like amazing valleys and mountains, which I'd love to go up and see. Um, and then, yeah, we have South Bank. <laughs> the city is also incredibly beautiful. I have some really pretty pictures from there. And South Bank's like a big kind of hit down there. It's kind of like a beach they've made like alongside the river, um, which is pretty incredible. So I think Brisbane's kind of just more of an authentic Australian experience. Um, Cause you have the beaches on the North and South coast, obviously Surfers Paradise is really popular, but I personally, I love the Sunshine Coast better. Um, so I grew up there with my grandmother a lot when I was younger. Yeah, I just think it's a more Aussie experience, very laid back. And it's got everything you need without the hassle of traffic and everything. Yeah. That's, yeah. That I was, uh, during the ISL season, I was talking to Clyde Lewis, Jack McLaughlin, and right. they, they really sold me on Queensland. They, were the, they, they basically told me what you told me, and it's like, yeah, that sounds, that sounds <laughs> pretty prime. <laughs> yeah, I think I was on um, some junior teams with them back in the day, 2015, Junior Worlds. Oh, yeah. nice. A good guys. <laughs> so the, uh, let's talk about your, your junior career, um, because I think as Americans, you know, we, we've seen you rise at Northwestern and, and really become an NCAA force, but um, I personally don't know a lot about your background and kind of what, what you did in swimming before, uh, before coming to Northwestern. Right. Um, so I think I made my first Australian team in 2013 and we went to Japan for the Junior Olympic Cup which it sounds like it was a big thing it was just Australia and Japan I think they're like putting cool names and everything um it was really awesome because obviously at that point in time Japan was kind of egging for the 2020 Olympics so we got to stay in a four-star hotel or I think it was maybe to kind of support them in their bid so that was really exciting um 
we got, you know, little dumplings every day for breakfast and little dim sum, which is really cool. And we had a bidet, <laughs> which is quite terrifying at 14 years old. I was yeah, the youngest on the team and I was like, wow, what is this kind of toilet? Um, but yeah, that was my first international experience. Um, I was pretty exciting. I made some finals. I think I was in the 400 IM and we also had a relay team where I had some freestyle, which was, it was an experience. We didn't have enough. We only had um, four girls. So I had to do some freestyle. And at that point, I was very much not into it. Um, and then in 2015, I made the junior world championships and the Commonwealth Youth Games. Um, and so I missed out on the 200 breaststroke final at Junior Worlds by, oh, I think it was about half a second. And I was sitting in the um, marshalling room as first reserve going, oh, I hope no one shows up. <laughs> but obviously I did. It was still an amazing experience. Um, yeah, I got some, a lot of events at that. And we found the mascot costume secretly hidden away in a side door. And we put it on and we took photos in it. Um, and then we had to take it down from social media because they were like, yeah, you can't just dress up in a mascot costume, <laughs> which is classic Australia. But <laughs> You can't just dress up in yeah, mascot and I, costumes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, I went to Commonwealth Youth Games in Samoa, which was my favorite place. Samoa is absolutely Samoa. incredible. It's, yeah, so it's, it's, and it's like a developing country, but it's so beautiful. Like, there's just like dogs and cats, like running around everywhere. Um, the beaches are very nice and non-polluted and everything's just very lush and green. So I really enjoyed that trip. And that was my first international medal. I won the 400 IM, came third in the 200 breaststroke and came second to my teammate in the 200 IM. And, and yeah, so that was really exciting. Was? Commonwealth Youth Games. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So we had, yeah, we had South Africa and um, some teams from Great Britain. And I made some, you know, lifelong friends from that who I still keep in contact with. Um, so I raced Kayleen Corbett from South Africa. Um, and she taught me what a knob was. <laughs> so that was really fun. But yeah. Nice. So <clears throat> did, did you ever have a point um, when, when you were really down on swimming or, or you didn't think it would be, it would take you to where you're at now? Right. So that was also obviously an awesome year. And when I competed in 26, uh, 2015, I was 16 years old. Um, and in Australia, you can only compete on a junior team if you aren't turning 18 in that year. So 16 was the last age I got to compete as a junior because I was turning 17 on the 28th of December. And then the next year I was going to be 18. Uh, <laughs> yeah so three days three days too early um yeah so obviously that was kind of a big thing to be like thrown into open competition at, at age 16 or, or when I turned 17 I wasn't able to compete as a junior anymore which is obviously like and then it's like nothing really else for you in Australia so I went down to the AIS Australian Institute of Sport and I spent six months there um um, studying and swimming at the AAS and working there and while I was there I was like wow this isn't for me because obviously swimming has kind of been a bit more spread out in Australia right now we have our podium centers instead of just AIS so there weren't a heap of people at the AIS I didn't have a lot of teammates and I wasn't super keen on that whole idea 
So while I was down at the AAS, I was like, hey, like, Swimming Australia isn't a huge proponent of this, but I think I would like to go to college in America. And so I talked to my home coach here and he was like, yeah, I'd hate to lose you, mate, but like, I think it's a good idea for you. Um, and so I started talking to people. Obviously, I reached out to Wisconsin because I know there's a lot of Australians who've gone there. Um, and one of my teammates is there currently, uh, Isabella Lampre. She was from a club team over here as well. Um, so I reached out and I decided that I was kind of really excited about the fact that I'd be able to swim and study and kind of have it all because where I was at in Australia, I wasn't able to like work to support myself, swim and study. Um, and so I think that's something that's a lot more manageable in the US. So I reckon if I hadn't gone to college, I wouldn't be swimming right now. That's, that's really awesome that, that you made that leap and, and you are still swimming. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And so do you have a, a favorite memory from swimming or a favorite race that you've had since coming here to the U.S.? Right. I think most recently, what kind of stands out to me, obviously, because it's very fresh in my mind, is Big Ten Championships. We swum the 200 freestyle relay. And so that was really special to me because I have always hated freestyle. I've never wanted to swim freestyle. I've been, like, pretty bad at it. Um, but this year, um, Kip was like, Calypso, you can do underwaters, you can sprint, uh, we need you on our freestyle relay teams. And I was like, no way. <laughs> but he, I, I, I trust him and I believe in him. So I was like, okay, I'll give it a go. And so it was just really awesome to kind of see that, you know, like with his belief and like with hard work that you kind of can you know, do what you set your mind to and you're not really restricted to those couple of strokes like you always thought you were going to do, um, which is really exciting. And obviously we made, we made the B cut in that. And so we we're going to go, we were going to have been going to NCs for that, which is really, again, really exciting because we had um, two seniors on that really. Uh, and so that would, would have been really special for them as that was the first time they had made NCs. Yeah. So that was pretty, pretty special. Yeah. So um, kind of looking forward a little bit uh, and, and, you know, who, who knows if, if you do have an answer to this, but have you kind of thought about how, how what you want to do um, after you are done with, with your collegiate career, both swimming and education wise? Right. So I haven't, I obviously, I'm with coronavirus, everything's even more up now. Sure. But I think I would love, from what I've heard, to be part of an ISL team that has the same kind of camaraderie and uh, team experience that we have at college. And obviously, that's something that I'm really excited for um, when I leave college. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. It's just all up in the air. It depends what opportunities I get when I leave um, and where my life is at. I think I want to become a fighter pilot in the Air Force. Obviously, I've, I've loved, I love what I'm doing. I'm doing computer science, and I love it, and I'm not bad at it, but I really want to just make active. And so that's something, like, I'm kind of mulling over in my mind. Um, but, yeah, it just depends what opportunities I have um, and where they are. I love my club team over here, so it, de it would depend. I'm sure he can convince me, plus you can convince me to keep on um, swimming for a little bit over here in Australia. But, yeah, it just depends what comes, comes into my path. Uh, the Air Force, what, how did that come into your line of sight? 
Right. Well, obviously, when I went to college, I realized I really loved the kind of team atmosphere, having a group of people who are all driven, motivated, and in pursuit of the same goal as me. And obviously, that's not a kind of experience you get a whole lot in your life. Um, it's like sometimes you'll have it to a small extent, but I loved the kind of um, overwhelming kind of team drive that we have in at Northwestern and in the U.S., uh, and so obviously I felt that was something that you could have in like the army or the air force. And since I was little, I've always kind of wanted to fly planes. So that's something that kind of is on my horizon and I'm looking forward to, but definitely not set in stone, just something that based on my previous experiences, I think I would find really rewarding. Yeah. Well, awesome. Thank you so much for your time, Calypso. No worries. Thank you for talking to me. Yeah, absolutely.